Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Many of the biggest advantages of homeschooling are a result of all the time you get to spend with your children. Today, we're going to be talking about one of those advantages and getting ideas about how to go about it, because often, even our simplest ideas can get muddy in the execution of them. So I'm excited to hear from our guest today. Karen Stubbs is joining me today to talk all about being a student of your children and how the time you're given to do that can actually strengthen your relationships, give great insight into their hearts, and so much more. Karen has been married for 37 years and has four children and is the grandmother to five. She started Birds on a Wire in 2011 to equip and encourage moms in all stages of motherhood. I'm excited to welcome Karen to the show right after this short break, so stay tuned. Karen, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you're here with us today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, you are welcome. It, uh, we, we've chatted before on here and it's always a joy to, to just hear your heart, get your experience. You've, um, you're, you're a little farther down the road than I am. And uh-huh. it's always so good to hear from people who, who have taken that next step. We actually just married our, our first son got married this summer. We've got a daughter getting married in December. So we're kind of just at that launch point of the next stage of our life. We're super excited. Oh, absolutely. Well, congratulations, and it's an exciting time. So I'm happy for you guys. My Two of my kids got married in the same year a few months apart, and that's a little, it's a little crazy. <laughs> it's a lot, that's for sure. It's a lot. <laughs> but it's it's so cool. And you really see the result of all of those years of building relationships, not just with your kids, but your kids with each other. It just it's really coming into focus in a way that I hadn't been able to see it before because, you know, they were still all living here before. Right. Yes, I agree. And, and honestly, Leslie, as you continue to go and and you, you're an in-law then and you learn those ropes, and then they have babies, hopefully, and it just continues to grow and the relationships get deeper and richer. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, truly. Well, I am, I am excited about every new step. So it's been fun so far, but we're only about three weeks into the in-law journey. So <laughs> we have much, much to learn and much ground to cover, but I, I give it an A plus so far. That's right. So far, so good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about this idea of being a student of your children. I, I know that you talk about that quite a bit. And I just, I kind of wanted to start with just asking how how did you come up with that concept? How did you frame it the way that you have? Well, like you said, I have four children and my two girls were first and then my son was third. And whenever I had Taylor, my son, I mean, right away, I started noticing different things about him as a baby, you know, from the girls. I thought, oh, that's so different. I loved watching God, how he wires us all differently. But as Taylor got older, and into like, you know, the preschool time frame, he was so different from his sisters. And he, the girls were very outgoing and friendly. And we'd walk into church and people would say, good morning, Taylor, you know, and he'd 
look at them and he'd growl. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on with you? And I thought, is this a boy thing? But then I would look around and other little boys weren't acting that way. And so I asked my friend who was about 10 years older than me, I just said, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with Taylor. I don't know why he growls at people. He's such a sweet, you know, little boy. I don't understand what's going on. And she said, Karen, I think you need to start learning about his temperament. Sounds like he's a melancholy and melancholies don't like attention drawn to them and they don't like people getting in their face and where the girls loved it and they were like, hi, you know, back. Taylor's like, leave me alone. And so she told me about this book and I read it and I started, as I read it, I was like, wow, okay, not only is my son a melancholy, I'm a sanguine and we are complete opposite. So no wonder I do not understand him. So in this book, I just, it was the Personality Plus for Parents by Florence Littower. She just talks about there's four different temperaments and God wired us all a certain way and his parents It's sort of our job to learn the temperament of our children. And so that sort of began me thinking, oh, I need to be a student of Taylor. Like not only his love language, not only his birth order, not only, you know, how does he learn? Is he visual? Is he, you know, what, how does he go about it? But what is his temperament and what can I do that will help me parent him better and understand him better? Because at first... We were fine at the house just together, but whenever we'd get in those social situations, he was sort of embarrassing to me. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be like, I'm so sorry. He didn't mean to growl at you, you know, (laughs) and he's looking at me like, yes, I did mean to growl. (laughs) You don't know what I meant to do. (laughs) Exactly. So I just started to learn him and I started to learn the temperaments. And then I do the colors, the blue, the green, the yellow, and the Mm. red, and it just makes it easier. And he's definitely a blue. I'm definitely a yellow. We are opposites. But I have to say with all, all of my kids, because we are opposite, I probably worked the hardest with him. And we have a very solid, strong relationship. And he's married now and 29 years old and lives in California. But he still calls me and, you know, help me think this through, mom. Am I in my blue right now? Or... <laughs> This just the way it is. And so I just love how what started when he was two and three, we're still talking about when he's 29, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting because we've seen in, you know, or I've seen with my relationship with David, with my relationship with my kids, that the more that you can understand each other, yeah. the better and the tighter your relationship is. I think the Bible even says something about living with one another in an understanding way. And so doing the work of actually getting deeper in understanding those that you love is incredibly powerful to build a foundation for a really deep relationship. Exactly. And I think as Taylor grew up and he started realizing, oh, mom is very different from me. And he started seeing, you know, how much I was really trying to accommodate his different needs that endeared him to me, you know, even more. And he's so funny because blues tend to be a little negative. Yellows tend to be very positive. And he would say, like, if he had had a bad day and I'm trying to be, you know, sunshine around him, he'd look at me like, Mom, I know you're trying to cheer me up right now, but I don't want to be cheered up. And I was like, okay, got it. I'm going to go work on dinner. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I, I know my cues. I will move on. 
Exactly. But I love what you said because I, I am seeing it as well. When you take the time to recognize those differences and then live with them respecting those differences rather than trying to wedge them into a mold that they don't fit into, exactly. that is such a show of love to them. It is it is a sacrificial thing to them. They it's amazing how even when they're young, they start to recognize the the power of that. And then as they get older and they're having relationships of their own, the true depth of what you did in living and understanding with them really becomes known to them, I think. Yes, absolutely. And they feel seen and understood. And that's a very powerful, you know, many times the, the conflicts that we have is because we don't feel heard and we don't feel seen. But if someone can feel heard and seen, you can really work through just about anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. And how did you find, so not only, I, I think, understanding the the differences in people, but but how important have you found just the the act, the discipline, really, of listening and not just, you know, giving ear service to listening, but really, truly making a point to listen and engage with them in a way that that really resonates with them. Well, honestly, that goes back to my relationship with the Lord. Like, I really just had to start praying. All right, God, I do not understand this little boy that you gave uh -huh. me. And I love him. And I think he's amazing. But he's a little weird, if you want to know my honest opinion. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a little strange. So I need you to teach me how you are the creator of him. You knit him together in my womb. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. So God, educate me. You know, you say in James 1, 5, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask and you'll give it. I'm asking. Like, I don't understand, Taylor. I really want to. So I need you to teach me. And you know what? God did. And even the little things that I would think is so silly. You know, how come a four-year-old is so around the axle about time and being on time? How does he even know what time is? But he did. And if we were late to preschool, he did not like it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I had to be, and I am I could care less about time. I mean, if you're there 10 minutes late, it's like you're good. <laughs> but not enough growing up, right? <laughs> exactly. So I had to be on time, which really is 10 minutes early. And and that was hard for me. It, it was a discipline for me because I, I really, up until that point, wasn't a very disciplined person. Hmm. And I had to get disciplined, like, all right, you know, I don't want to have my son start off his day in a bad way. You know right. what I mean? And it's my fault. So I need to I need to get my act together. Right. And that's honestly, that's a way that we serve one another. Yes. You know, we, we talk a lot, I think, especially in homeschooling families about, you know, when we say being a student of your child, you automatically go to learning styles and, you know, how they function better. And that's all an offshoot of this. That's all really important. But you've got to get to the point where you understand your child at a heart level before you can start stacking any of this other stuff on it. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. I actually had a similar situation that one of my kids, actually the one that just got married, was such a mystery to me. Like when he was growing up, he was David's child. Because I'm like, you need to, I can't even figure out what he's talking about. You need to go talk uh -huh. to him. And I have, with all of my kids, done a Bible written, read through, written through, prayed through a Bible that I they get on their 16th birthday, um, a journaling Bible. 
And that that act that I have done for all of them now has given me so much insight into who they are. It's such a powerful tool in getting a deeper, better understanding because you're actually reading the entirety of God's word with that one child's heart in mind. Yeah. And it was unbelievable how things with that son in particular, I just, I felt like he was opened to me all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I was able to have insights that I didn't, didn't have before. And it is, just it's it's really been a great gift that and and now you know he's he's married he's calling me more than I ever thought he will I mean he's over here all the time and yeah, it's well. just been a lot of fun to see how God takes that and it was such a gift to me to finally actually be able to see into the the beauty of who God created him to be even though I felt like it was veiled before exactly yeah I agree with you a hundred percent and. And it is so cool that God does make us all individual. You know, we're all like snowflakes. Everybody's different. And, but yet he will teach us if we ask him, you know, tell me, show me how to work with this child, you know. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Exactly. Well, since I, I kind of brought it up in passing a minute ago, how does being a student of your child and understanding them better, how does that stack as they're getting older and, you know, they're starting to, you know, you're starting to help them with school. You're starting to help them with understanding what kind of things they should be plugged into or not plugged into or how busy they should be or how busy they shouldn't be. Because understanding them better gives you great insight on all of those factors as they grow up. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, but even discipline. Like you can send... Some children to their room for discipline, and that's like heaven for them. They're like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where another one would be like, so I think for to answer that question, we got to go back just a bit and talk about what are the four temperaments? Do we have time to do that? Sure, absolutely. And so there's four different ones, the red, the yellow, the blue, the green. And I'll just give like a real quick 30,000 foot view. So the reds, their key word is control. These are your leaders. They are very opinionated. They have strong wills. They know what they want and they go after it. They're very optimistic. They have can-do kind of attitude. They get things done, you know, no matter what. That's their positives. Their negatives are they tend to be a little bossy. They tend to think they know it all. They tend to manipulate and dominate situations because, you know, they're like, I'm right, you know, get behind me. They don't normally have a ton of friends because they really don't need that many friends. They, they, they're very loyal and they want good friends. You know, they're not like the yellow that just wants a lot of friends. You know, they, they want loyal, deep friendships and every temperament gets what they want in a certain type of, you know, manipulation or whatever and theirs is con- there's anger so their key word is control and they get what they want through their anger they don't get what they want you know it and you know that's that's them but their core needs are and this will help i think all parents as they're thinking through like like you were talking about the activities and what's too much and what's not enough and all that but their core needs are sense of control loyalty credit for their work and appreciation Hmm. Reds are always wanting you to be saying good job. Like I see that you just emptied out the dishwasher and I really appreciate that. 
or I see how much you studied for that test and you did such a great job. Good job. Just saying, okay, you got an A. That's good. That's not enough for them. They want you to really (laughs) dig down and have a little party over it, you know? So then moving on to the, the next one would be our blues and they, their key word is perfection and they want things to go perfectly. They have very high standards for themselves and for others. They will push themselves nine times out of 10. Parents don't have to push the blues because they've got an inner push that's pushing them to excel in all things. And that's what they want to do. They want to excel in all things. And that a lot of engineers are like this. They're very process minded, analytical. They think things through from start to finish. My husband is a blue. I'm a yellow. He, he was an engineer by, you know, college. He's a pilot, but. He thinks things through where I'm just like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's jump. And he's like, no, 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 no. We got to think about this. We got to have a plan. Plans, man, you know, it's going to work out. (laughs) That's a lot of their positives. Their negatives are they can tend to be negative. They, because they are such planners, they see the negative in things, which is good whenever they're working on a project because they punch, punch holes in things and figure out why isn't this working and I didn't think this was going to work. They can tend to be critical of themselves and of others. They have can have a low self-esteem because they can look around and see that they're a little different than everybody else. Everybody else is just marching forward and doing life. And they're like, why am I the only one sitting here really, really pondering this situation, you know, and trying to find the best solution? And I definitely saw that in Taylor. They like to be in the background. They don't want to be in the foreground. They want people to give them their space, which is why Taylor was growling. And and let's see, they get what they want, but they are moody. And so they can have a lot of different moods. My husband, just the other day, he was in a funky mood. And I said, are you in a mood? And he goes, I don't even say bad mood anymore. I just say, yeah, are you in a mood? Just a mood. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I am. And I said, why? And he goes, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I've learned after 37 years to give him space. Like back in our early days, I'd be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Which is not a good thing. So their four core needs are sensitivity, support, silence, and space. These are very thoughtful people, very creative Taylor, of all my children, he was the one that would notice if things weren't right with me. Like if I was upset about something, he would be the one to notice, none of the girls. So then moving on to our greens, their key word is peace. They're the ones that just want everybody to get along. Let's just sit here and sing Kumbaya and I'll be happy. And they do not like conflict. They do not like confrontation. They are super chill. They're laid back. They're easygoing. They have a lot of friends because everybody loves them because they're so easy. Right. Those are their positives. Their negatives are they can be very stubborn. A lot of times you don't see it, but they can be very stubborn. They can they can be a little on the negative side. They cannot have confidence in themselves because they're like, you know, because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't really push themselves that much where the reds and the blues are always pushing themselves forward. The greens are like, I'll just sit here. I'm fine. I don't, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. They have a hard time making decisions and because they want to make the right decision. Right. And they want to please everybody. They're big time people pleasers. 
And there, the way they get what they want is they procrastinate. They just say, okay, they'll tell you, yeah, I'll go empty the dishwasher. And then an hour later, you're like, wait a minute, the dishwasher hasn't been emptied and they're just, you know, still sitting. And you're like, did you empty the dishwasher? Oh, no, I'll, I'll get to that, mom. They're real pleasant about it. You know, <laughs> they just <laughs> won't worry it. about it. It's going to happen. Exactly. Just give me a minute. You know, what's the rush? Their core needs are peace and quiet, feeling of worth, lack of stress. So whenever these children are getting ready to go to the next grade level or test time is coming up or they're picking a college, that's very stressful for them. Yeah. And they don't like that. So therefore, they want to avoid all those things. So it might be hard for parents to get them to study because that's that's stressful, you know. And then they want respect. A lot of times the greens can get overlooked in your families. They sure did in mine. And as parents, we have to remember just because they're quiet doesn't mean they don't have an opinion and they don't have something to share. So my second daughter was my green. And I'd always say, Emily, what's your opinion? And nine times out of 10, whenever she would start to talk, everybody else would start talking and I'd have to tell them, hey, everybody, Emily's talking. So let's hmm. listen to her right now, you know. So they need your respect. And last but not least are our yellows. And their key word is fun. That's all they want is just to have fun. And life is a party. They are the life of the party. They're usually funny. They're outgoing. They love people. People love them. That's their positives. They're very, very, very positive people. They forgive easily. They let go of grudges easily. And they move on. They do not dwell in the negative hardly ever. Their negatives, though, are they're flighty. They have a hard time to organize. They have a hard time to stay focused. They're always moving on to the next thing. They don't like to complete projects. They like to start a lot of them, but they don't like to finish them. And because that's hard work and hard work is not fun. So getting them to do their homework is difficult, you know, because they want to go outside. They want to play. They want to get with their friends. This yellow is going to want to be in a lot of activities, you know, but they're going to be in so many, you're going to have to rein them in and be like, hey, five activities is too much along with school. So we're going to have to pick one or two type of thing. And they get what they want. They charm the pants off of people. <laughs> um, and then their core needs are attention, affection, approval, and acceptance. And our parents with the yellow children are always telling me, I can never give my child enough attention. And I'm like, well, then they're a yellow. And this is where God comes in. And you have to just teach your child on all of the core needs. Like, I know you want attention. I know you want respect and sensitivity and all these things. But this is where we lean into the Lord. And sometimes you can't be the center of attention. Right. That's okay. But God, you know, you need to look to God to meet your needs. And only he can do that. And so we, I taught that a lot in our home from a very yeah. young age. Our children started to, you know, Taylor would get in that downward spiral of negativity. And I'd be like, Taylor, you need to take all these problems that you've created in your mind and take it to the Lord. He's the only one that can really fix this, you know, yeah. for you. So, well, and, and understanding that gives you such a good blueprint for how to disciple them because yes. like, like you even noted, you can't let them just lean into, you know, their bad traits. Right. But we also don't want to kill those things because those things corralled correctly 
can actually become very, very good for them. And so actually getting, understanding them much better and then allowing the Lord to give you wisdom for discipling that individual child can truly make them conquer the things which are weaknesses for them, but really, really maximize the potential that God has put in them to serve him exactly as he created them. That's right. And then whenever they are adults, they know exactly who they are and the way God wired them. And yeah, there's positives and their negatives, but that's with everybody. But they are confident in who and the way God made them. And that's that's very important, having your young adult child go into life, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, and and you know, you think back to when Taylor was two or three years old. If you had just leaned into, this is embarrassing. Why does he growl? Why, you know, and you just kind of hide him behind yourself. That's going to have a profound impact on the man he will eventually become. Exactly. Yeah. And so as, as moms and dads, we are so privileged to be able to understand our kids and really coach, train, disciple them to seek the Lord through exactly how he created them. Exactly. And it is a privilege. You're right. A hundred percent. Like that's so cool that God even gives us a seat at the table, right? Amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Well, and these same, these same principles really strengthen marriages as well. You noted a minute ago that you learned over the 37 years to give your husband space when he can't figure out what the mood is or whatever. And, and there are so many things that I've seen with David where as I have grown to understand him better, Uh that changes the way that I react on things that changes the things that I choose to let go of or the the stands that I take or whatever, because I understand where he's coming from so much better than I did even five, 10 years ago. Exactly. And then you learn to compromise with each other. Greg and I are opposite on all the colors. I'm like, I'm a yellow red. He is a blue green. We are complete opposite on everything. So I move very fast. He moves very slow. I mean, he's negative. I'm positive. So I've learned like, okay, I know you need time to process, but we're not going to take a year on this. Okay. How much, how much time do you need to process? Like I wanted to have made a decision yesterday. You're (laughs) not really ready right now, which I can understand. So tell me when you, but we're going to set a date and he's like, okay. And so that's him compromising. Like I would like more time, you know, I want less time. So we come to the middle and that is part of marriage, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and it's so, it's, it's part of God's good plan because without him, you would be probably making foolish decisions left oh, and right. Yes. Without yes. you, he probably wouldn't be moving forward on anything. Yes. So you guys clearly work together very, very well because God is, is so wise in the way that he puts us together. Right. And that actually, you, you mentioned something that was a question that I was going to follow up with you on. And that is, are there, you know, purple or orange people that have a lot of multiple, multiple temperaments in them? Yeah. Usually you have two dominant temperaments. Gotcha. And they're probably all four will show up a little bit, but although I don't think there's any blue in me whatsoever, (laughs) but most people have a little bit of everything, but usually you have, you have two dominant ones and usually the opposites are not paired up because that's, you can't be the opposite of what you are. Right. right. So sometimes when that does show up, they say you're masking. Hmm. So you're trying to 
fit in, you know, in an area where you think this is what you should be, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. But normally there's two dominants and you can be like my sister is a red blue, but they're exactly the same. So she calls herself purple. So there you go. (laughs) Where's that purple person or that orange person or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Karen, I, this is so fascinating. But for those that are listening in, how do we actually find out more about this? How can we learn more about these different personality types and temperaments and how to, to parent those kids? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I talk about this. I think you mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast. I talk about this a lot. So I have a podcast called Wire Talk and I've done so many podcasts on it, like just looking just the yellows, just the reds, just the greens and the blues. And then I've interviewed four different dads, four different moms. We've just many, many, many. So they could go to Wire Talk and just look through for temperaments. I did write a book, Survival Guide to Motherhood. And being a student of your child is an entire chapter in that. And they can get that at our website, birdsonawiremoms.com. The book that I originally read was Florence Littower's book, Personality Plus for Parents. And then she had a lady that studied underneath her, Kathleen Edelman, and she wrote, I Said This, You Heard That, and then A Grown-Up's Guide to Kids Wiring. Those are all great resources that parents can just dive in on it. That is fascinating. And I was writing down as you were talking, so we'll try to link all of these things in the show notes because... I suspect that a lot of people who've been listening in today will will really want to dive deeper in this, get more information. It's it's a fascinating study. It's also so enlightening as you're growing an understanding of your children and, and your spouse, like we talked about. Absolutely. And I can tell you, out of my, how old is my oldest now? 33. 33 years of parenting, 37 years of marriage. This is the one thing that has made the biggest difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Truly. And even now, like if I have a child and, you know, they I have two red children, you know, and they want to be in control, even no, you know, and I have to remind myself during the holidays, okay, they're just trying to have that sense of control. Like they don't like a willy nilly plan. They want to know exactly what's happening. What time are we going to eat? And if we don't start eating, when we say we're going to start eating, they get upset. So <laughs> And I just have to remind myself, they're just being true to their color. You know what I mean? So it really does. It changes the way you look at people, even like your coworkers and all that. Well, absolutely. It gives you insight into things that you've probably never thought about before. Uh And yet with so many studies like this, as you get exposed to different ways of thinking or different ways of looking at things, stuff starts falling in place and making sense and It's so helpful just as you're learning and growing individually to be able to see people through a different lens. That's exactly right. And I love that. I really do. Yeah, such a great help. Well, Karen, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Before we go, I want you to tell everyone again where they can find you and how they can connect with you. And also if, you know, I don't know if you're you're out traveling anywhere, if you're speaking in churches or whatever, but but any way that, that our families can connect with you, I'd love for you to tell them about. Absolutely. Well, I have a ministry and it's called Birds on a Wire. The website is birdsonawiremoms.com. 
I do go to and speak to churches and groups all over the country and on the website. You can go under events and see where I'm going to be going. Or if you want me to come to your church, I would love it. And just fill out the form and send it in to info at Birds on a Wire Moms. And that's our main thing. I worked at a church for 12 years, a large church in the Atlanta area, and I just kept seeing a huge need for moms. And so I just thought, and I kept saying to the church, like, we need to do something for the moms. Like, they're really struggling. And they were like, "What? Well, you know, we keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, well, I can't do all of it, you know? So right. I ended up leaving and starting this ministry. And that was 12 years ago. And God has just really blessed the ministry. It's There's a great need out there to minister to moms, not just in toddlerhood, but through the whole journey, even through to grandparenting stage, because we don't know what we're doing. We're just figuring it out every day at a time, right? Absolutely. And every new stage brings a whole lot of different new challenges, new challenges, new territory. It's it's all exciting, but it's new. That's new. And so we just have to all help each other out. And that's my vision and mission is to equip and encourage moms in this journey of motherhood. So that is awesome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Again, it's always a joy to talk to you, Karen. Thank you. To everyone else, thank you guys for joining us today. I suspect that this has been a real eye-opener. I hope that it's given you a lot to think about. You know, we talk about every single episode about how the Great Commission starts in your home. If you're going to be able to effectively disciple your children and reach their hearts and bring them to Jesus, you truly need to live in understanding with them and remove any of those barriers or friction points that makes it hard to relate to them. So this may very well be the key that unlocks some of those relationships with your kiddos. So check out the resources that Karen has available. Do look at the show notes. We will link to all of those books that she noted. We'll link to her website and just try to give you as many resources to fall back on as you're studying this deeper as we can. Also, as she was talking about that ministry to moms, We want to invite you to join us in Teach Them Diligently 365. If you're not there yet, that is the single greatest place on the internet, I think, for a Christian homeschool mom. Such a wonderful community full of resources and encouragement and opportunities. There's no need to ever feel isolated or alone. There is no need to ever feel like you don't have a good, solid, biblical place to go for answers. So check out Teach Them Diligently 365. If you find yourself kind of looking and and wanting to know where your place is, I promise that you can find it there. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, You'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm -hmm.